0: Welcome to podcast 250 of Five Star Potential. Yes, that is right. Two hundred and fifty in exclamation mark, caps, etc. Like you would with a once scores go over four. Um, anyway, welcome all. Uh, I can tell you now that we have one hell of a special episode to celebrate our 250th week of Football Manager podcasting. But that, that's a lot of words there, Mr. Mr. Madden. Thank you for that. You've read it. Um, <laughs> Hangs head and shame. I mean, the 250th week of Football Manager podcasting is, is quite a mouthful. Anyway, uh, to do so, I'm delighted to say that joining myself, Doop and Mad this week is a man who needs no introduction in the Football Manager community, but we'll give him one anyway, as we've been waiting so long to say it. It's studio director of Sports Interactive, Mr. Miles Jacobson. Hello, gentlemen, and Miles, of course.
1: Hello. Am I not a gentleman? Then? <laughs> I was going to
2: say. <laughs>
0: Uh, actually, these two aren't, really. Yeah, that's more like, I, I, I didn't yeah. realise that. I mean, I, I I just read the things. I don't well, like I the things. Want to come That was good. That was
1: good. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and happy 250th birthday. Thank you.
0: Yeah, it's weird. We've been doing this 250 times for 250 weeks.
3: Isn't this normally where you know? Dave would say, how many weeks is that? And he just gets lost amongst the, the madness. Yet,
0: despite it being having done this for 250 well, 250 times, I still get asked at the end of each time we've recorded, <laughs> what number was that? Even though I've said it twice, and it's usually within three minutes of me saying, and that's the end of episode number, etc. S- Sorry, Matt. So, I
2: do apologise. It is dupe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sieves and brains. Similarities there. Anyway, we'll, we, <laughs> we'll crack on uh, <laughs> with this week's pod. Uh, so, needless to say, there is... No save update or save focus this week, unless of course Miles wants to give his own. Um, but I, I dare say he's got busier things to do than to talk about a save he's probably hasn't touched in a while.
1: It's not true that I haven't touched my save in a while. I'm still still playing my save, although um, I haven't played in in a couple of weeks for various um, for various health reasons. Um, and had other stuff going on, but yeah, I'm, I'm still playing my Watford save, and uh, still haven't won the Premier League, but have won the Championship, uh, have won the Champions League. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's still fun, um, and of course, I played some people in on um, versus mode just the other week, which was also fun, um, and didn't look too good when I was losing the first game 2-0 after about 20 minutes uh, yeah. in game time, but then came back and won and, and managed to managed to win the others. So, um, so yeah, it, it, it's odd because people do, people do presume that I just don't play the game. But if I didn't play the game, how could I direct the game?
0: I think, I think it's more like at this sort of stage in the game cycle, I think people would perhaps assume that your attention is diverted elsewhere. Um and also like you you probably and I was gonna probably add this as one of the sort of the questions we have later on, but you probably play the game in, in a different sort of it's a different cycle to everyone else because you're seeing like early builds so much sooner sooner than everyone else. And so obviously your, as I said, your attention diverts off elsewhere. Um after sort of you've so you've probably already had your 12 months of fm 2022 i'd have said i'd have thought with with how
1: normally normally um, starts july in, july or August. right so a
0: little bit early then
1: we are on a different a slightly different cycle this year because um because we've changed a lot of our production practices because of the pandemic so um and the learnings that you've had from there and because the team's grown a lot um in the last year so um so it won't be July this year when I get a new build. Um, it will be before then, but it might only have one thing for me to look at at, at a very early stage.
3: So Miles, because you get that slightly early access to the game, shouldn't that mean that you should win the league a lot quicker with Watford? You know, if there's anything that can be taken advantage of, shouldn't you just be winning the league pretty quickly? Is that, is that incorrect to think?
1: Um there are things that happen in test games that don't count for career saves. Ah, uh, okay. For good reason. Yeah. <laughs> so um I think there was uh, my career game started last year just before the beta and there was one fantastic bug in it. Um that allowed me to get Kylian Mbappe. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> So I got Mbappe and then reported the bug and then carried on playing safe. <laughs> um Oh dear. It's absolutely shocking. Um but you didn't play that much because Adish made a SARS, so um and how things change. How things change in one season. Um I I the first thing that I would be doing in uh, the first thing I'll be doing when I do set up a career if he's still at the club is trying to move um, Ishmael Assar on, so he's not going to be my backbone. Although I'm going to struggle this year playing as Watford because Rob Edwards seems like a really nice bloke, our new head coach. So I, I shook his hand Um I was lucky enough to present him with the, um, at the Football League Awards with his Manager of the Year trophy. So I shook his hand then and he didn't um, attack me so therefore he seems like a nice bloke
0: <laughs> is that the probative yeah. of what's it makes like <laughs> a- <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's cer- certainly the people that have met him at the club seem to talk very highly of him so I'm probably going to have to start at another club and then wait for him to be sacked um, before before trying to take over Watford
0: would this be like the first time like, in a long time where you wouldn't have started a save with Watford if that's the case
1: um some of some of our head coaches have have been nice and some of them haven't been <laughs> i'm not
3: going to sit here and
1: say who are nasty i've already got myself into trouble for one uh, who, has, who yeah. has
3: attacked you miles <laughs> please <tell us.
1: laughs> all kinds of people attack have attacked me if you've not seen my twitter account there's drive-bys <laughs> drive-bys the whole time on there but uh but yeah i've got quite a low a low bar for for who are nice people if they don't attack me then they're all right um
0: that is the lowest of low bars
1: yeah that's that's the
2: internet that's done that to me So that's if we don't
3: attack my, if we don't attack miles for 45 minutes we're officially
2: nice guys so keep it together please do I like that let's do it hey our best behavior i've been told
0: <laughs> right uh, i guess uh, thank you for the impromptu save update i want one thing i will ask is how how many seasons are you now into that save 32
1: 33
0: Wow. So that's, okay. that's not that far in. It's, what, 10 years? 11 years? 11 seasons even?
1: It's, it's, it's not a massive one um, for me. Pre, pre-pandemic pre time, it's weird, right? Everyone else during the pandemic had their longest saves of Football Manager ever. My saves actually got smaller during the pandemic because it was so much busier trying to get the games done and trying to deal with everything else that was that was going on in the world, um, so yeah, my my saves have shrunk a little bit. So I would normally, I normally do twenty odd seasons, um, in in my main career safe, but haven't got there this year, just because things have still been, things have still been busy. It's it's very different making games when we're all at home than it is when we're all in the office together and we're probably not going back to a, all being in the office together um because we're we're incredibly flexible at the studio and always have been um about letting people work from from where they want to where it's appropriate um and with everything else going on in the world at the moment who, who wants to buy train tickets
0: uh, yeah, <laughs> to absolutely.
1: go to the office so um so yeah we're we're definitely not back to a, a full complement of people in the office, but not expecting to be either at any point in the future. So it does change the way that you that you work um, a little bit, and um, and yeah, we're we're a bigger we're a bigger company now as well. Um, there's a lot of us at the studio.
0: This wasn't one of the sort of the questions I think we were going to ask, but as you sort of brought it up, I. One thing I did want to sort of explore a little bit before we move on to our sort of set it was um, in in terms of the pandemic. Do you think the studio would have increased in size without it? And obviously, there are there are other challenges that have been presented by the the current situation in the world um, that I think I guess most custom, uh, most companies have had to deal with in one way, shape, or form but do you think that the studio would have grown at least in terms of personnel as much as it has done recently if it wasn't the
1: pandemic? Yes, it would have grown. No, it wouldn't have grown as quickly.
3: Yeah, we had something similar. We am um, working online retail. It was the same thing. It was like always expecting the growth that we planned for, but it just accelerated everything forward by about six years, I'd say. Um, yeah. It was a strange one.
1: I think for us, it's probably about three years. Um, rather than six but we'd already planned to move to the new office so i'm moving from entrance d at here east to where we are now um in the in the press center you know we plan to do that so we plan to be expanding up to um up to 250 over the next five years and it just so happens that we're at 250 in two so um so yeah, we can't actually have. If, if everyone did try to come into the office on a day, we might not have room for everyone, <laughs> despite, despite having moved to a new office. But, um, but look, it's um, you know I, I probably sounded, um, I probably didn't sound as happy as I actually am about it all. Um, that's partly for those those who um, are listening. I hope that I'm able to say this without it dating it too much. But I do have COVID from a recording list. Um, but really didn't want to miss this this is a big anniversary, I've been asked a few weeks ago to do it, I wasn't going to drop this from the schedule so um, so if I do sound a bit more miserable, which is probably you think I'm miserable anyway from my Twitter account, but if I do sound a little bit more miserable then, um, then I'm trying to, then I apologise, it's uh, it's probably the illness taken over, you know it's really really exciting um, at SI at the moment and um, as as I said, we have changed the way that we're working um, in a lot of ways, um, and it's it's great. The feature pod system that we that has been put in place um, is really interesting, where you get a bunch of people working on features together at the same time rather than separately from one another. Um, we've moved away from our old waterfall production systems to a much more agile system, so people are working two week sprints. Um, which uh, takes a bit of getting used to um, me not knowing exactly what's going to be in the game um, in, in the game that we're working on because when you're working in sprints you tend to have extra things that you want to do that you could lose at the end of it and have more prioritisation so I'm having to learn a lot about that at the moment it's um, you know being taught that by people who've done it in, in other studios who've been on courses I can get my head around it a little bit um, better, but um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a really exciting time, and I know you're going to be asking me about what the future holds, and you know that I'm not going to tell you what the future holds. Um, but there's so much exciting stuff going on at the studio at the moment, and um, that uh, keep keeping things fresh when you've been doing it for twenty eight years is is a pretty good thing. But uh, to be able to learn every single day when you've been doing it for as, as long as, as I've been involved, um, it's really good and definitely uh, definitely keeps me interested in it, apart from the fact that I'm actually I'm working on a game with a team of people that I love for myself, and it just so happens that there's a few million people out there who want to buy it as well, um, so that we can actually get paid for making it. That's, that's still the dream that I get to live.
3: I guess that makes your uh, football manager development career older than Dave as a party. So, you know,
2: there we go. (laughs) (laughs) He'll love that by the way. He'll love that. Yeah. Shout out to Dave.
1: It is odd when, when you look at some of the people that are are still at the studio who've been, um, we've, we've grown up together as kids and we're still working together and now have new generations coming through as well. And everyone having that input and, um, Everyone learning from each other about the different approaches. It's uh, it's a very, very good mix. But it's the same with the, the fan base as well, with, with the community. If you look at the people that are in there, you do have some people who weren't born when our first games were released. Um, you have others who were older than us when our first games were released and are still playing the game. It's, it's pretty gratifying to note, we've been able to entertain people for all those years but also people who literally were a heritage act to them <laughs> um, you know it's it's like me me listening to a musician from the 60s because i wasn't born in the 60s and appreciating it it's it's that same kind of thing it's it's a bit it's a bit odd but it's it's pretty cool but then cool is probably a word that was cool in the 80s and now isn't at all <laughs>
0: I don't know. These things are cyclical, so it's fine. It's, it's probably cool again, maybe. I don't know. I think 90s fashions are back in, aren't they? Maybe, maybe.
1: I'm just a trendsetter and, you know, in five, in five years' time, cool will be cool.
0: <laughs> That's it. are just a, ahead of the curve this time.
1: I <laughs> could sit here and say it's lit, but then I'm going to look like an absolute idiot.
2: Oh, wow. So it's like having Dave here. It is.
0: is. Bosh. Ute speak, etc. You start me... Mars is going to start calling people chiefs in a minute. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> right, um, we, we'll start with some easier questions for you, Miles. First of all, then one thing we uh, we wanted to sort of ask was how it all started. Sort of, you've you've sort of given us a sort of a potted history there with, with a couple of sort of the how the conversation has just gone. Um, but how did it all start for you? Obviously, you, you've sort of, you're now the boss as it were but how did you get your start within with within championship manager as it was then
1: so i'm i was working as a waitress in a cocktail bar (laughs) 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 so the story that's out there is completely and utterly true i swapped two tickets to see blur to be a tester on championship manager so at the time um i was working for a record label called food records who were very popular um, in the 90s. Um, and I was working with a band called Jesus Jones and Jesus Jones were big skateboarders and wanted to make a skateboard game um, in the very, very early 90s. Um, and I was talking to games publishers about it. Um, I was also earning no money working in the music industry. Um, and therefore, if someone turned around and said hey do you want a free game can we have some free cds the answer was yes but i hadn't been asked for free concert tickets before so they asked for free tickets and i had a guest list i could sort them out on and um they went well we know you like football did you like championship manager and i went yes and they went well we're working on championship manager two at the moment do you want us to send you some early code i went yeah didn't even know what early code was had to go and get a um, computer on HP on higher purchase from Dixons, um, which is one of the most expensive things that I've ever bought. But, um, and I don't believe in credit. Um, I believe in spending within your means. And was one of the only things I've bought on credit apart from obvious things like flats. Um, and cars Um, sorry sidetracked Um, so yeah he's like
3: I've forgotten to pay I've forgotten to pay the car payment and the mortgage
1: (laughs) got this computer um, specifically to be a tester and then would send faxes through to two people called the Collier brothers who I presumed were in their forties that didn't know who I was was just sending them through faxes with hey I found this bug and uh, have you thought about this feature or that feature or that feature and one day I got a fax back from I think it was from Of saying um, hi Miles we don't know who you are but we like some of your ideas can we meet up <laughs> um, and we met up for a drink and uh, pretty soon after I helped them renegotiate their contract um with uh with Domark, their original publisher, and became involved on the business side of things as well as doing research and um having my own mods that were available um for both the data update um and the World League update like for the CM2 series helped set up the I didn't really help set up the research team, but I helped find a bunch of researchers in in the UK because I was heading up the UK research. And was like, "What do I know about Scotland?" So I went and found someone to do Scotland, and found some people to do some clubs. Um, working alongside Wood, she's still with us now, of course, heading up the the research and translation side. So it was um it was a very odd start, but it was very organic. And for the first eight years. I was working with the studio I had at least one if not two other jobs and refused to be paid um so everything just went back into into the business until one day oven Paul persuaded me to give up everything else and go full-time um so I was running the studio whilst I had another job um which was a bit odd but it was um it was good. It was the right thing to do, but a lot of things at the studio have been pretty organic over the years. And that's just one of them. And if, if you look at a bunch of people who've, who've joined the studio, a lot of people have come from the community. A lot of people have had similar stories. We've got people in the UI team who used to be skinners. We've got people on the dev team who used to make editors. Um, And, you know, if, uh, It, it stood us in good stead working working in that way and, and bringing people through. So um, our head of development um, in the studio, development director, I believe he is now is his official job title, Mark Duffy. He started out making websites for us when he was fourteen. Um, so you know it's uh, it's it's been an interesting company like that, and there are there are lots of stories like mine that are pretty random. Um, of how we got started.
3: Does that make Mark Duffy the first ever wonder kid? <laughs> Age 14.
1: <laughs>
3: Good awesome, <laughs> Mark Duffy.
1: He, he used to write letters to Paul, just going, your website's rubbish, can I do it instead? <laughs> um, and when I stopped doing, I don't know if people know this or not, but when I stopped publishing my data updates because it was more work replying to the emails that came through than it was actually doing the, doing the updates themselves um it was mark who sent me a message going hey i've got this website if you just do the updates i'll host them for you and deal with all the noise it's like okay fine and they became known as miles files which mark still brings up regularly
0: <laughs> <laughs> so i th- i guess this is like there there will be some of our listeners that have no idea about this concept of how the data updates used to work or anything. I remember having to to still manually patch games, um, even even as sort of with uh, it had been Football Manager two thousand and five, even even earlier than that um, as well. But the,
1: well, fm twelve was the first time I believe we were on Steam. So that's the first time that things were auto patched.
0: That's so yeah. that that is still 10 years ago now <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> which, is, which is mental that's also i, I Dave as well
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> normally my line there was a
1: time back in the day when you could just about get the things online the patches but you were better off actually sending off for them and being sent a disc and we had a, an issue with a particular version of Champman 3 i think it was it, it was that we ended up on Watchdog, um, which is a, a BBC show about naughty businesses. And Off Collier just went on, to, went on to Watchdog and sat there and said, so people have been having problem with the game. And it, he just looked up and went, yeah, if anyone's got any problem, here's a phone number that you can call. Here's an address that you can sign, sign, uh, send off to and we'll send you a fixed disc. And the, the people on Watchdog just went oh okay well that's a short segment then <laughs> um, now, nowadays it would just be look we're really sorry about that please go online and grab it here um if there's a manufacturing issue but in that case manufacturing issue and it was just like yeah we'll sort everyone out just just literally let us know and we'll just send you a disc and it'll be fine um but yeah so steam steam was and. I'm pretty sure it was 2012. My it might have been that that was the year that it was Steam. Steam only, if you like. I was gonna say yeah. I
0: think I th- because I've I definitely have uh, Football Manager Ish. 09 on my on my Steam.
1: 2009 was the first time that it was available at yeah. all to be registered. Although you can still go back and add the older games now as well, but um. But yeah, two two thousand. my my memory goes quite often at these things
0: i think i i think you're allowed allowed a a few where it may not quite be right because of how many iterations of the game there's been now so
1: yes it's it's like you've done 250 episodes of the podcast that's nearly as many versions of fm that we've made now
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's not obviously including all of the builds because i mean we yeah i think you've got Sort of beating us hands down there a little bit there, but there we go. um I guess that, that sort of this sort of almost neatly leads us on to sort of, I guess how how the game has changed over the years. Uh, I, I think a lot of people, particularly mine and, and uh, Mister Madden's age, have a lot of fondness still for Championship Manager 0102. um I think quite a lot of people it's one of the the most heavily sub, sort of supported by community games, considering that game is. Very old at this point, but there are some people who still produce data updates for it, um, which it, which is mind blowing. Uh, the fact that people are just still love to play it. I guess there are plenty of other games that have a, a cult following, but obviously, uh, a few years after that, there was a a big shift where sort of uh, how ev- everything changed, and and Championship Manager then became Football Manager. So. Are you able to sort of share as much as you can obviously um what this or how how things changed and i mean obviously it's been for the better but how how that sort of shaped the future and allowed what then became football manager to evolve from from that point onwards
1: so legally, I'm still not allowed to talk about why the change happened
0: that that is understandable. <laughs>
1: Although they have just been... Well, IDOS have been bought again, but we don't know yet whether our old brand was part of that sale or not. Right. So we'll wait and find out about that because it'd be nice to be able to talk about it at some point. But as a studio, not that much did change for us because the exact team that made Championship Manager... and Championship Manager 0304 made Football Manager actually the same team that made Championship Manager 4 made Football Manager Championship Manager 0304 was a much smaller team that that worked on that um, because others were already working on on FM Um, and CM0304 was never meant to happen That was a, it was a an an afterthought, if you like, which is a great story for when I'm drunk, but again, not (laughs) about it legally. Um, So, we kept the team, we kept the code, we lost the look and feel. So we had a lawyer standing over us the whole time, making sure that the game looked different um, to to the previous games. But the most important thing was we kept the community. And we'd spent years building that community up, um, far before times when the internet were cool, uh, you know, far, far before people were on the internet, you know, you, you had to be a real nerd to be on the internet at a time when nerd was not a, uh, a term of endearment. Um, to be on that, but um, but we gathered the troops and um, coined the frayed word of mouse, um, as how we were going to spread that our name had changed. We've obviously got, you know, just last week EA announcing that the name of their football game is going to be something that's very long, um, <laughs> and not that memorable. But they don't need it to be. They've they've already won that battle because there was so much press the only market that they didn't hit with the press on on that day from their statement and then the FIFA statement was the gifting market. So when when granny goes into game and asks for a copy of FIFA for little Johnny or little Joanna for Christmas, <coughs> if the retailer tells her what you want is the EA game, then <coughs> then that would be fine but that's just about the only market that they that they haven't hit with it yet. Um it was much harder for us um, and Sega um, to do what we did uh back in the time that we did it, but it but it all worked fine. Um we were obviously there there were times that we were nervous about it all, but this might sound an arrogant thing to say. We know that we make bloody good games, right? We did then, we do now. We see that in our reviews. We see that in the Metacritic schools. We see it in the Steam reviews. We see it by the playtimes. We see it by the fact that there are podcasts like yours that talk about the game that have loads of people listening to it. Um. And we had that same confidence then that whatever whatever the other people were putting together, it's very difficult making these kinds of games. And we are a specialist team in doing it. Um and you know, they, they tried they approached most people in the studio to try and get them to leave and Vron just said, No thanks, happy where we are. So it it was that the perfect team spirit and, and team mentality and that, that still stays in the studio today. It's it's an important part of our values is that we have each other's you know, we have each other's backs. Um, we work hard but but we look after each other and um as as people join now, whether they've been with the studio for six months or whether they've been with the studio for five years, or thirty years, um, we like to think that people are going to have careers at the studio, and not just see it as a job, um, and that that definitely helps with the way that we make games, and and hasn't. It's one thing that hasn't changed in the studio.
3: It just makes me think, <clears throat> Miles. We've obviously seen. Uh... Big, big money transfer to Manchester City there um, for for Mr Holland and his father used to play for Manchester City. Do you have any, I suppose, with the longevity of the studio now, do you have any father-son combos in the studio at this point? Uh, Any of them coming in to follow in their father's footsteps?
1: We've had a nephew-uncle for a while um, with with Nick and Pete. Um, It's only a matter of time. We have had for work experience. But
3: nice.
2: it's it's a matter of time. You um, gents. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> That's twice.
0: GG. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess before we start talking about more of the the modern era of football manager, uh, we can't not talk about Wonder kids, especially as there's that lovely segue into into it. Um, so. We've recently, I mean recently, like two weeks ago, brought back our Wonder Kid Hall of Fame. Um, and we all have fond memories of the likes of Mike Dove, Mark Kerr, uh, Chano Samba, etc. Um, but was there ever like this intentional strategy to have like Wonder Kids as a concept? And, and, and obviously, I'm, I'm sure you may well um, explain the difference between Regens and what are now new gens and how that has changed as well amongst all of this.
1: So I'll do that bit first. Uh, New gens, regens were regenerated players. So much like Doctor Who, right? You don't have two Doctor Whos at the same time. Although, of course, the last couple of seasons have decided to have multiple Doctor Whos on screen at some points, um, which has just thrown the whole thing out. Um, But I claim that that's multiverse. Um, Regens were, when a player retired, a new player came through that had basically the same potential and current ability as that previous player, although a slight, slight variances, there could be variances each way. Um, so you would get, if, if you were getting the new Troy Deeney, it would be literally a new Troy Deeney, right? Because Troy, reti- Troy just retired and then you got a new Troy Deeney with a different name. Um, when we added youth teams into, uh, into FM, rather than the old uh, and youth. Sorry, I should say when we added youth intakes is probably the the technical term for it, where you have players each year coming through, um, and eight players or uh, between eight and sixteen players coming through into your youth team. Those are new gens. So new gens are generated, not from real players but they are generated in a way that they are still going to seem like footballers that are canon in the universe. And it's one of the most complicated things we ever did to, to try and balance all of that. Because when, when you look at FM, if you can actually zoom out a little bit from the fact that it's a football simulator and you look at it as a video game, or you look at it as a, um, as a franchise in adverted commas. If you look at something like Star Wars, or, or you look at something like uh, the Avengers, there's loads and loads and loads of characters in it. And all of those characters have to be canon, but no one gets introduced in or out unless they've had lore already set up in the comic book. And there's probably in Star Wars, I'm trying to think how many characters there are in Lego Star Wars in the Skywalker saga. I think it's about 400 or something or 500. Um, but let's say there's a thousand characters in that. Let's say there's a thousand characters in the Avengers. In FM, we start off with five hundred thousand characters that are that are active, well, five hundred thousand plus characters that are active, and then we're adding potentially if you've got loads and loads of leagues added, we're adding thousands of completely made-up characters into this game world each year, and each of them has to be canon. They each um, by by canon they have to fit into that universe perfectly. For people who don't know. What what that expression means so and it's different in every game (laughs) it's it's a pretty big thing um that that's in there so that's one of the reasons why i get um slightly offended or react the way that i do when people still call them regens because regens is a system that we did decades ago that Made sense at the time, but new gens is this Uber technology that we have. It's
0: the equivalent of, I guess, No Man's Sky. Elite would have been the sort of the, the with with a procedurally generated uh like levels and and things like that. So it's it's never the same. That would be the closest thing, like in terms of other games, which, which when you see sort of things like that and how difficult it is to make sure that that works, it's. It's kind of mind-blowing how you get it to work on on such a, a grand stage as well.
1: And if you think as well that every single game of FM is different, once you hit the continue button, and there, there are people who turn around and go, oh yeah, I played three, same games and, and Tottenham signed the same player in all three of them, so it's not completely different. It's like, well, you know, they're, they're looking for a player for a particular position and they're going to go for the best player in that position. But did they go for exactly the same fee each time did they go for the same contract each time were other clubs coming in as well and um who did they sell off the back of of buying that player it, you know it is different in everyone's game and um it's one of the beauties of of what we do really is the um we create a living breathing world at the studio um and let people interact with that the way that the way that they want to but it still seems it still seems realistic
2: that's that's one thing i absolutely love about this game and creating content on it and on it and matt will love this it's the narrative right he loves that word the narrative that i can load up a game and i could sit and stream every single day yet it's completely different to the day before people say to me how do you play it every day for two hours a day. How are you 24 seasons in on a save? Because it's different every time I, I load it up. Every time I hit that continue button, it's like, it's just completely different. And that is just such a joy that makes it interesting and fun. The fact that Harlan's just got sacked by maints here on my save um in 2043. I'd love to see if anyone could replicate that, you know, and that's <laughs> the joy that, that I've got a lad at work who he's a big fan of football manager. It's a one, it's the only thing we talk about when we do talk. And he did a very similar save to mine. He actually took the save file that I, I used. Um, and yet we're still getting completely different results. And it's just amazing.
3: It's because he's better than you do, right?
2: No, I'm actually done better than he <laughs> has. But anyway, we don't. Uh, we, we can call it out. It's fine. John at work. I do apologize for bringing that up. But yeah, I won it quicker than you did. That's all I'm saying.
1: Every year when the, uh, when the Games BAFTA nominations are announced. I'm sitting there looking to see whether we've been nominated for best narrative. <laughs> because again, you know, the gameplay team and the work that they do and um, and the script, script writers in the studio um, have done such a brilliant job with letting people create their own narrative um, and still coming up with those little funny one-liners that you might see 20 years into a save that you don't see before. It's, it's those, those little touches makes me very very proud as director to, to work with the, the team that I work
0: with I think those those are the bits that I really enjoy in particular That like I've, I've got to say that I'm not that far into but I've had a, a misstep in Germany where I started I started with no coaching badges, no experience and just I just wanted to I, I didn't really know what to do so I thought I'll start at the bottom and work my way up. I managed to get a job in Liga 3 with uh, and it was, it was a, I mean, it was the first job I got offered and I took it. And once I'd got in the door, I realized how much of an uphill struggle I was facing. Um, the the club was crippled financially. They had one player who was 36, who was, I think, I think it was like 75% of the wage budget was his wage. Um, so, it, and I couldn't sell him. They wouldn't let me release him. I, I was pretty much knackered. Um, so I ended up getting relegated. And uh, I just thought, right, I need to rethink this. Then went down and started with Ricky, and managed to get them promoted in consecutive seasons. Then I kind of didn't really fancy League 2 because the, a lot of the players that I'd signed were now leaving or were too old or just were not going to be up to snuff in League 2. And I didn't really fancy the challenge. So I, I resigned and thought, let's see where we can go next. Randomly get offered the job at Groningen. in in the Eredivisie, so I've basically jumped from League 2 to the Eredivisie, and I was just poking through the under-18s, or the under-19s it might be, Um, and then there there are these two new gens in there, and I'm like, I'm staying here now for quite a while because these lads are 16 and 17, and I want to follow, I want to be a part of their career because I feel like I don't trust whoever was, would be manager to give them the game, like the actual game time they would need to develop fully. So if I, if I do end up staying there, as long as I don't get sacked, obviously, then I will bring them through. And I've already given, I think, one, the 16-year-old who has pretty high potential. He's already played like 50 league games over the two seasons sort of I've been involved in. And whereas he barely featured at all. Um, he will absolutely follow me around the save now. But it's those, those little things that as I said, that, that player doesn't exist in anyone else's save apart from mine. And so I feel like it's my duty. I'm like now duty bound to this save to make sure that I see the best of this particular player.
1: Totally agree. Sorry, it, it's such an important part of that storytelling. And it's why new gens are so much better than regens because I don't think people have the same attachment to the regens because they could work out who it, who it was, mm. who it used to be.
2: Yeah, it's uh, I've got a very nice office up here, and as you can probably see for the listeners at home, uh, I've got shirts up against the, the side. I've also got other shirts. All of these shirts are from saves that I've done. Every time somebody comes in my office, they go, when did Eddie and Ketcher play for Forest Green? I went, no, he didn't, but he did in my FM17 save where he took us <laughs> to the Champions League, you know? And why have you got a Palermo signed shirt? Because I took them to the top, you know? Did you not see the newspapers? You know, and it's, <laughs> it's that. That's what feels feels that's why the game is just a game isn't it let's be honest it's more than a game to me
1: stories like that um just make make me understand a little bit what we've done Mm. as a studio um and i might sound a little bit weird but we just work all the time right we we work really hard to deliver these games and and to to get them out there um i think there are times when we play down the importance that our workers had in some people's lives um and in the football world as well um maybe we should celebrate that a bit more and stop being so and stop being so english about the whole thing um <laughs> although it's, it's not english anymore is it stop being so english in the 90s about the whole thing where it, where you weren't allowed to have had success and so
3: as you as you were saying oh you've realized what you've done i was expecting dupes wife to walk in and go i don't think you realize what you've done <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh she yeah she still hasn't forgiven me for bringing up a save that i did um While uh, just at my wedding, in my wedding speech, uh, I actually mentioned a save that I was doing at that current time um, by saying that it's okay, I'm good at doing speeches because I've been practicing with my press conferences whilst managing Swindon Town uh, in FM 14. Um, I still don't, I think she kind of knew that's where the addiction was, that's where it started.
0: Did your brother-in-law start then chanting about Swindon?
2: they he got the flares out. Yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not going to Wembley, but I am. Oh, well. Um,
1: <laughs> there was a second part to the question, and this is the answer that you're not going to like. Um, and that is um, when you're talking about the the players that people have such fond memories of that weren't as good as possible, and you're asking whether any of them were, were planted deliberately and um, whilst I understand the love for those players and I understand the uh, the stories that people come up with off the back of those players I see them as mistakes data errors things that taught us to do things better in the future um, now some of them Cherno being one example. Cherno Samba we got spot on. He had that potential. Um, he didn't reach it, um, and the reasons that he didn't meet it were not things that were in the game now. Were were in the game then, but are in the game now. So we learnt from that. But some of those other players that everybody loves, for me, are. OK, well, we need to be doing more checks and balances on our data and we need to be changing our rating systems um, to make sure that those don't happen again. So. So, yeah, it's it's never it's never a popular answer when I give it. But um, as again, you all know from social media, I'm far too honest for my own good. um, <coughs> And so, yeah. I'm I'm glad that there are people out there who who absolutely love those and have great memories of them. My memories of them are: what did we change in the game to make sure that mistake didn't happen again?
0: I guess also that in in relation to real life football that we well, I guess we still do see like real life errors where there's a player who who seems to have all the potential in the world and they just never achieve it.
2: Most
1: clubs have a strike rate for about fifty percent when it comes to transfers.
0: I guess that these mistakes happen especially with with young players that they're, they're much less likely to happen now because of the data that clubs now have available to themselves and as a result you try to replicate as much as possible
1: yeah and you know the club starting point for that data is always interesting as well because it's it's well known that we have worked with and continue to work with a lot of clubs um regarding data but um some clubs are much better at doing due diligence on players than others. Some clubs are much better at doing personality profiling than others. And it, it's something that we have very subtly in Football Manager. Um, there are some clubs in real life who go down to attention to detail level of what car they bought when they got their, when they signed their first pro contract um, because that can tell a lot about a, a player at that age or a person at that age. Um, and some clubs use private investigators um, to really research a player's background and a player's history. Some clubs do absolutely no due diligence whatsoever. Um, and yeah, big big mistakes can happen. Is, when, that, is, uh, that is that spoiler that
0: we're getting that we're there, getting there. Uh, yeah, private investigators, investigators are going, are to, be going new, to be a uh, new staff role
1: <laughs> no I, I was talking about real life football then <laughs> okay. um as i've said we we already have things in there on scouting reports so essentially essentially they're kind of there in the background they're just not going as in depth uh as as they might do in real life but um but yeah, clubs clubs definitely don't get everything right, and we can't get everything right either. I'm incredibly proud of our strike rate. Um, the difference is that if uh, if most football clubs sign a player that, that uh, as a sixteen year old that doesn't then work out, the supporters actually forget about that player. Um, it's only when they're signing the first team that they remember them really well. You might get oh, whatever happened to? um whereas if someone is 16 and is a wonder kid in fm and uh a million people buy him in game um or hopefully soon her in game as well um then that's more likely to get remembered because those saves continue forever and everyone's expecting oh look this wonder kid broke through in my game and he hasn't in real life oh let's all go and laugh at at. The people who make football manager. Well, ninety-nine point nine percent of the, the data is spot on, so um I believe that we've got the best research team in the world in games and in football. Um and I'm very grateful to every single last one of them um from over the, the whole thirty years, even the one who gave Mark Kerr a minus two. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. I mean I guess
0: who knows like the other you get the opposite side of the scale as well where you have the, the likes of Jamie Vardy where he he wouldn't have been expected to to pull up any trees and then all of a sudden he does okay at Fleetwood like and then all of a sudden Leicester sign him he looked pretty average when he first started at Leicester and then all of a sudden gets played in the right sort of role and bursts onto the scene and I, he must have had one of the largest swings and attributes. Season on season, I would have thought.
1: Harry Kane was the largest. Really? Ha- Harry Kane when he was on loan. People forget that he was on loan at Lake Norrient. Uh, I think it he was at Millwall as well, wasn't he?
2: Norwich, yeah, Millwall so,
0: Leicester right. was another one. Mm. Yeah.
1: And um yeah, he was on the he was on the bench for Leicester with Jamie Vardy regularly, the yeah. two of them on the bench. Um and when he won player of the year at the London football awards, young player of the year at the London football awards, um, when he'd had his big breakthrough season at Spurs, uh, his agent came up, his agent his agent at the time um, came up and said, Harry really like to say hello. You know, he plays the game he's been sending it to him for a few years. And I was like, great. You know, went went over and said hello to him and, said, I'm really sorry Harry and he was like what are you sorry for we've got your data wrong and he went well, you know I didn't play that well when I was at Orient so that's fine um so he's so he's quite understanding about it but yeah you do get those players that break through and they surprise everyone in the football world us us included um there are some times when we've got those absolutely spot on that we've had them as being low CA. Which is current ability, high potential ability, um, and they're just not reaching their CA. But it's it's nine impossible to model everything perfectly, so I'll, I'll stick with the, being happy with the ninety nine point nine percent strike rate. Uh, look, again, you know, I've, I've I've said this in the past. People might have heard me say this before. Um, for many years, I was a perfectionist. And this stuff really bugged me. And I'm still a perfectionist, but I now call myself a realistic perfectionist. I know that I'm never going to reach perfection, right? So I I would love FM to be perfect. But it's it's just not possible in life to have that. So, um, so I'm realistic about it. So don't get as upset about it now as maybe I used to if we're getting one player's data wrong.
2: I love being the I love being the guy that tells everybody at the pub oh, I signed this incredible guy. He's going to be one to watch in the future, and then in the future he becomes one to watch. Uh, one I at the moment is riding right the coattails of his young Victor Osimhen at Napoli because uh, I played in a network save in 2017, and he was tremendous for me at Wolfsburg. He then went on the merry-go-round, and now he is on the brink of becoming one of the most expensive African footballers ever. And that was because I noticed him. And I was the first to mention him, you know. And that's what I like, that sort of thing. Um, So player data, it, you know, I, it it's so, it's such a difficult thing. And obviously we, we've got David who does the researching for Wolves, who, who's on the podcast normally and unfortunately can't be here today. But, you know, we do get a bit of an insight when we discuss a, a few things with him and it's such a difficult thing to do. And I don't think people realise how difficult that is to do by watching some 11 people on a pitch trying to kind of hone down on a few things scoring them out you know it's not a, it's not an easy task so i think uh, i think you can be very very grateful for what you do have because what you do have is is a great set of set of data in my opinion
1: and it's it's made harder when other people then try and claim the credit for spotting them like you claiming credit for spotting like the player it's, it's like <laughs> it, it was our research team that spotted the
2: player he's there he's on the wall he's on the wall <laughs> No, absolutely.
1: There are directors of football at clubs who do that as well. I've sat there in meetings when i go, oh, you know, this, this kid, he's really, really good. And it's like, yeah, right. So where have you heard about him from?
2: Uh, oh yeah.
1: He's good in my FM safe.
2: <laughs> I've heard him on a save update on the five star potential podcast. <laughs> Lovely. Uh,
0: okay. Uh, one, it's not ending on a negative because I think it's one of those sorts of almost like interview questions where you you get asked what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses. What would you say is the worst thing about your job as studio director?
1: Oh wow! See, it's 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 a really difficult question because there are there are different parts of the job in different areas. Um, so obviously, when something is going on in if something bad is going on in, in one of the team's lives, that's pretty horrible thing to have to deal with, right? And, and being supportive for them. Um, pandemic was particularly horrible to deal with, um, you know, for lots of personal reasons on, on my side of things as well. So it's probably the real world things like that, but, but I don't think anyone listening to this is going to, Um, care about that stuff as much as as I do so if it's from a game perspective for me the worst part of my job the hardest part of my job is cutting features because every year we come up with a feature set um, that I'm delighted with and I think everyone is going to absolutely love and there's never enough time to do it all so I have to go in and make really difficult decisions about which things we do and which things we don't do. And I've been, um, the one good thing about COVID is, is I've got a round of that to do at the moment. I've got about 300 features, um, 400 features that I have to go through and need to get down to, to about 100 from those 400. And it's the last stage of, of cuts at the moment. And having COVID has meant that I haven't had to do it in the last couple of days (laughs) but I have that looking forward to me as soon as I can concentrate a bit more so um um, sorry I don't know if you could hear that in the background but um I I did I told the guys earlier when we were recording that at nine o'clock I was being brought an ice cream to my prison cell And, and my partner did bring an ice cream but she brought it with the little jingle bells going on an ice cream van. So that's why I got distracted. And if that, if that came through on the podcast, that's what that was. Um, so, thank um, she's She's at the door apologising, not coming in.
2: I will I will say this, Miles. As a kid, I was told when that noise goes, they've run out. So I'm guessing she's got no ice cream for <laughs> you. It's amazing I'm this fat, and yet I didn't eat ice creams as a kid, isn't it?
1: Not, not only did she bring much, she managed to get, and I don't know if you... Uh, if if brands like being spoken about, then it's a Milky Bar one, which is awesome. I am a favourite of mine. Um, so there I was getting all maudlin' about having to cut features. And I was going to talk about people choosing their favourite child, because that's basically what I have to do when I'm cutting features. <laughs> and then we were interrupted by an ice cream van noise on a mobile phone, bringing ice cream to me in my... um.
3: <laughs> a worthy interruption.
1: In, in my uh, prison cell, my COVID prison bedroom. Um, so yeah, base, basically cutting features is really hard. Look, there are so many things with with my job because I'm running the business as well. We've got a, a team now. We've got a management team that are in place. who have taken loads of responsibility away from me because it was ridiculous. I was doing far, far, far too much um, and therefore wasn't doing any of it uh, I wasn't doing enough of it brilliantly as far as I was concerned. So brought in experts in different areas. Um, but I still have to stay atop the whole business. I think most bosses, when they're talking about this stuff, will turn around and go, Oh, layoffs, layoffs are the worst thing we have to do. Never done one. So, um, don't intend doing one. Never been in the position where we've had to, um, we've, we've always worked out other ways to do things like that. But, um, but yeah, on, on the game side of things, cutting features, I hate doing because I know what they would bring to the game to all of you who are listening today. Um, the good news is, because of the way that we make games, those features will happen at some point. They will turn up in a game at some point. It's just not exactly when, when I or the team necessarily wanted them to.
3: It's kind of like the the best version of you know when they have to edit a movie to cut it down and they become deleted scenes these are not deleted scenes so hopefully we'll obviously get to see them again so yeah fm beats movies any day
1: hopefully any day. as long as people still buy the games that we get to make another one um then um then yes that is uh that is the case that'll turn up at some point um it's just really difficult choosing particularly the ones that are really nice little touches that people are going to see in 10 years time where someone because we use a lot of data now um as well when when we're when, when I'm making decisions like that because at, at the end of the day that is one area that is still still very much on me um I use a lot of data so when when you are allowing the anonymous data to collection, uh, the anonymous data collection in game that goes up to a big depository and i will turn around and go okay i've got these two features here we can only do one of them can you tell me how many people have visited this screen and how many people have visited this screen and then we'll go right we're doing this one because more people have visited that screen
0: as you as you've brought up the fact that uh, about the anonymous data collection can you uh exclusively tell us how many people have saved and reloaded
1: um uh, that's not a data point that i look at
0: oh dave will be disappointed he'll be relieved
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure we track it that directly um because if someone has saved and then quit the game and then reload it we wouldn't know that they'd quit without saving there's no way for us to know that
3: because it's always been saved at some point
1: so we can we can say the game's been saved we can't say the game's been quit without being saved well, can we an get an a voice of clip of
2: you saying that we can though just so we can send it to dave and then like, he'll get panicky because the dave who's on our <laughs> podcast uh we've renamed it to dave and reload because he wants right the, we,
1: we wants actually it. we we can track um with certain members of the community. (laughs) (laughs) We can track exactly how many times they are saving and reloading and how many times they're using the in-game editor as well.
2: Davey's in the mud. (laughs) Thank you for that. That's very kind. We expect Um, a a
3: tweet tomorrow from Dave. This is my retirement from the...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Can I just also
1: point out, because I really hate lying even if I'm being asked to that's not true we do not we do not do that So but you don't have to tell Dave that bit. I
0: will edit that out uh, right so <laughs> right we've got two remaining questions so one is is in homage to uh feature roulette uh, we've got question roulette for you in which case we we've got 10 questions so uh, we'll ask you to to name a number or state a number between one and 10, and we'll see what the uh, five star potential question roulette wheel churns out. So uh, it's down to you to decide your own fate, I guess.
1: <laughs> well, let's, let's do more than two of them. Okay. Because we were not we rudely interrupted by an ice cream van. I just don't want it As to melt. Ice
2: cream I, melt yeah. I'm a man <laughs> of food, just don't want it to melt.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, it'll be fine. Uh, number four.
0: Number four okay uh number four is what has been your biggest or favorite personal contribution in terms of fm game features down through the years
2: blimey um we we'll just stick to the one then yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, the thing that i'm proudest of in my role um overall isn't isn't one feature it's the fact that the game is the sum of all of its features because as the director of a game, if you can actually make, uh, if you can find ways for the features that you're adding each year to actually complement the other features and um, and sing together to not look out of place with the rest of the game, to, to have features that you think, why have we never had this before? Or oh, I couldn't play the game now without this. But it still feels part of the whole of the whole thing. I think that's, that's what I'm proudest of in, in my role is how that jigsaw puzzle fits together. Basically.
0: I do think that, that, that is showcased like perfectly well. Like when, so, sometimes you get away from nostalgia and you want to look back on an old save that you've, you've still got and you'll see the, like the improvement and advancement on, on a game from year to year. It is very much like night and day, but it's not, it's not until you go back that you truly appreciate how far it's gone. Even uh, you will get people who are, are on the internet who will just say, oh, that's not a great feature. That's not a great feature. How is this even a feature? But it's not until they realise or you go back and do that, you, you truly appreciate the advancement that has been made.
1: As a, as a good example of that, of what you've just spoken about their player roles. When player roles people first came into the game, people were like, there was quite a bit of shrugging going on. Of, no, it's just a right back. It's not a full back or a wing back or whatever. Player roles, we introduced them. It was slightly annoying what happened with player roles, but it was also good at the same time. So Gary Neville had just started talking about player roles on, on Monday Night Football on Sky when we had player roles in the game and the two things had been very independent of one another i'd been visiting a bunch of training grounds um because i'm spoiled and watching training sessions and no managers were talking about positions they were all talking about roles the whole time and i then went back into the studio and went right i've done this tour of training grounds and the one thing that was always being discussed was player roles player roles player roles Player roles have now not only become an integral part of the game, but having player roles in there has led to so many other features around it. And it's become a bigger part of football culture outside of the training grounds. Not just because of FM, but also because of some of the, the journalists and um journalists that have ended up at at the Athletic and, and um uh before that. What's the the really nice quarterly uh football tone blizzard um Ah. so blizzard that came along it it was those more um those publications that were more for the football purist and the same as monday night football is you know you want to watch monday night football to learn more about football the fact that we were part of what i see as a revolution in football with player roles that's that's something that yeah, as I mentioned, when it was first added in, I'm not even sure it was back of the box. At, at the time when boxes were a big thing. I'm not even sure how much we PR'd it, but that's been a really important thing and still continues to be now. Um you know, the conversations that you have about player roles in the studio regularly, um, during design stuff, they're they're constant.
3: You can picture Miles watching Monday Night Football and Gary Neville starts speaking about roles and it's the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's pointing he's pointing at the TV
1: <laughs> like <laughs> yes player roles Well it wouldn't have been yes player roles it would have been couldn't you have waited a couple of months for the new game was
2: <laughs> I find it weird uh, now though because when we discuss football as a whole we're discussing player roles rather than position so it has so taken over All right so and well, unless,
0: unless you're having to listen to antiquated five live commentators, in which case, that. that's not always the case. I won't won't name any names in case Mars gets attributed to them. But there are quite a few. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, there are. Um, I'm not taking the credit for player roles becoming a big thing. Right, player roles were already a big thing in the football world. In training, we just at the right time brought it to lots of people's attention alongside other people doing it. It was was a a moment in history, if you like, of stars all aligning regarding player roles, which isn't a very important moment in history, but it's been an important moment in football history, in my opinion.
0: Just to make sure that there is a certain corner of the internet that is truly represented here, I will say RIP sliders. Um, (laughs) For those of you of a certain age, you will know what they are and you will appreciate that. And but for no, some
1: people, no. they will think they're a pair of shoes.
0: Yes, indeed, uh, Mr. Doop.
2: <laughs> you you <were> say <laughs> he's that. got one in his hand. I got a pair on right now. I, I, they're my slippers.
0: Uh, right. Uh, next question, then. Uh, seven. Did you say? Oh, this is this is quite a chunky one. So, uh, so we have you've, you've sort of brought up versus mode anyway. So we we're sort of revisiting that. Uh, so how has the new versus mode been received and what are your thoughts on competitive fm gameplay and how big of a focus area is this for the studio overall
1: so as regards competitive gaming um we've had fancy draft mode obviously which i know a bunch of you all play competitively we have versus mode which we've had well it's been it's been in the game for a while but is now in in fm and done a lot of work on it um and there will be more work done on those kinds of modes um as for how much attention it has as a studio um well obviously we've made quite a big deal of versus mode by having it tied in with fmfc it's the first time that we've done a mode um exclusively in that way it's the first time that we've done a mode mid-cycle and released it you know halfway through the year Um, so it's something that's very important to us but as a game director I'm a bloke in my 50s who competitive gaming used to be inviting a mate round to play a game against on the spectrum Um, so we will be looking in the future to actually bring more expertise into the studio um, on a design and um, on a design and programming side of things, because I'm probably not the best person to be coming up with things that are competitive gaming modes. Um, so so watch this space. It's, it's definitely something that over the next few years we will be looking at more, but it's not the number one priority for us because whilst... Uh, While social media is pretty noisy about people playing network games and playing fantasy draft and playing versus mode, it's a very small percentage of our player base who actually play online at all. Um, now, some people will argue, well, that's because the online modes aren't good enough. And I've just sat there and said, effectively by what I've said, kind of agree that they're not good enough. And we need someone that isn't me looking at those with me just going, yeah, that sounds good, do it. Um, and we have built a decent design team in the studio now, decent sized design team. We only started it two years ago. Um, but on the other side of things, it's not the number one priority because it's not the most played area. So um, so it swings and roundabouts. I, I don't believe that if we... Uh, I think versus mode is great. I can't see, even if if we made versus modes incredible, I still don't think we're going to see 80% of our players deciding to play online modes against one another because a lot of people see Football Manager as a game that they escape from the real world and they want to do that on their own. Do you
0: think that if... FM Live were to have not existed back then, but was to exist now. Do you think the current day is kind of more ready for something like that? Because that was such a a drastic revolutionary change, especially with how like everyone was kind of used to either a network save or playing it playing Football Manager as a as a, a single player experience. But then all of a sudden, there's this MMORPG, but with football and Whereas I think if it was launched now, again, it's very very difficult with hindsight to it or without anything to be able to actually form an opinion on. If FM Live was to, be, to have not existed and all of a sudden exists now, how do you think it would be uh, received?
1: So sorry to disappoint you, but Football Manager Live was fundamentally broken on a design level and it was my fault. And there is no way that we could have turned round that because really simply no one likes to lose and wow. in football manager live everyone had to lose yeah you know, only 50% of the players were going to be above mid table right the other 50% were going to be lower mid table it's, it's never going to work in a competitive game the the reason that something like uh, if, if you look at the most successful competitive games now all right, and, and the, the most popular look at something like Fortnite. 99 people lose so that one person feels on top of the world and the other 99 people are like oh well i wasn't one out of 100 when you've got one player against one other player and you're losing every week you are going to quit and if you quit that means that that person is out of the game world and no one is going to want to come into the game world and take over that team that is in the bottom part. So fundamentally, it was flawed from from the off. Um So I don't I don't regret doing it because I don't believe in regret. Regret's a stupid emotion. Um, just learn from it and move on, which is why I can talk about it relatively dispassionately. Um now because it was something that obviously i cared about a lot and you know it, it was of collier directing it who obviously me, me and i were pretty close we've worked together for a very long time really wanted it to work but i should have i should have pointed out things with that game before before it came to fruition so i still know loads of people who love it right Loads of people who love it. Most of them were the people that did well. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know anyone who loved it who was getting battered five nil every match. So so it was, it, it was one of those things that, um, if we were doing it, <coughs> if we lived in a world that wasn't for profit, and if it could get by with a couple of thousand really hardcore users, really hardcore players, um then, then fine but as a as a game that would need to pay its way it just wasn't going to work
0: uh, no i i appreciate the the candid answer like it's i think i was i think i was in a bit of an fm slump when i sort of first picked it up and i just started a new job at the time and one of the lads was playing it in the office i I'd, I'd obviously heard about it but i hadn't really looked into it and then there was a point when he started copying my tactics because <laughs> because i was battering him with with the team that i'd sort of uh, ended up sort of building up but i it would, i think it would just be fascinating to see see what it would be like now in in that obviously there's sort of 12 years have passed since then maybe even more which is probably he's probably closer to 15 actually which is which is mind blowing in itself And i feel incredibly old at this point because <laughs> i think i was about 22 when i started that job so that's kind of scary thinking about it. But it also but as a result, it actually reignited my my passion for playing football manager single player. So once the once everything had sort of stopped, uh we, we and me and this friend ended up starting up a network save and we would go to each other's houses sort of so I guess in a way it kind of helped reignite that passion and it was my first proper network save for years as well, because the last network save I would have had would have been on Championship Manager 0102 when me and my friend had to... It would have been, I think, I think we did a 32-hour like marathon on it once, which was a silly thing, but we were both 18, so it was fine. You can recover from that pretty quickly, but I hadn't done one since then. So it was uh, it was nice to have that sort of new experience and also see uh, Diego on smashing... Smashing long shots from 30 yards sort of every other game. So I'm a big fan of a long-range banger. So everyone's happy, I guess. Anyway, right, final question. We we love an anecdote uh, here and the Sports Interactive team members that have featured in the past on the pod have brought some fantastic anecdotes forward. Um, and I'm assuming you have some particularly notable ones, especially for the longevity of your period at the studio. So uh, is there any sort of your notable anecdotes or funny stories that you're able to share with us?
1: Well, there's lots of I can't share. Um, so what, what kind of anecdotes have they been dropping?
0: So uh, we've had shots with Sam Allardyce, uh, Brocky borrowed Ray Houghton's boots and uh, CJ was nutmegged by Rachel Yankee. Uh, and then Andrew, which <laughs> was the most recent one, where he uh, <laughs> where he's a little loving with Sean Dice, uh, he stayed, said it in a very high pitched voice that he didn't expect to happen.
1: Yes, um, so I, I think a lot of us have, or some of us have, other Sean Dice stories, but I'm not I'm not going to go Sean today. <laughs> um, so I could go ice bucket challenge, but some people would have seen that already. Um but my ice bucket challenge was uh meant to be Troy Deeney um and Lloyd Doyley with a little thing of ice and they had two massive black bins full of ice and some of the U Team players as well just tipped it on us. But some um, that was fun. But uh but I'll go I'll go with a football based one seeing as seeing as we've got um the Rachel Yankee nutmeg on there. Um so we're very spoilt as part of our deal with Watford. We often get to play on the pitch at Vicarage Road at the end of the season. And in the days when um, <laughs> when I wasn't as old as I am now, I used to play as well. I haven't played for a few years. Um, the last time that I played, uh, there's one thing that I'm well known of uh, in uh football wise in the studio and that's for managing to get injured quicker than anybody else. Um, I'm incredibly good at getting injured and I managed to do my back after it must've been seven or eight minutes of this game that I pulled up with a bad back and um, I went off and uh, there were a a couple of the Watford's a couple of the Watford players and a couple of the Watford management team were were hanging around watching the game, and one of them decided to be physio. So I had John Eustace, um, coming up having a look at my back and me saying to him, "So, what have you done? Uh, what what have I done to it, John?" He looked at it and went, "I think you fucked it," <laughs> um, which was quite funny. But that that's not even that's not even the good part of the story. Um, I was then going off and obviously we, we were down to 10 players because we didn't we didn't have substitutes. So they were short, shorter matches. And uh, one of the people who was on the bench put his hand up and said, can I play? I've, I've got my, my boots. Is it okay if I come on and play? And I went, yeah, are you sure that you can play left back though? Because you know, I've never seen you play left back before. He went, yeah, yeah, yeah I can play there. And that was Gianfranco Zola. So oh. I, I was <laughs> substituted for Gianfranco Zola, who, um, one of his first touches on the ball, the ball came to him. Of course, Gianfranco Zola's on the pitch. Everyone's going to try and kick him, right? Um, someone steamed forward and he just chipped the ball over them, walked past them as they came in for the challenge, just trapped it. And they played a beautiful 50 yard ball. and um, Obviously, I was just sitting there going, well, yeah, you know, at least he's having a decent game coming on for me. But <laughs> obviously, I'm, I'm better than him. But yeah, so, Brilliant. that was fun. I, mean, so what I, just, everybody...
2: I, I can just picture somewhere in Italy, him sat there with a glass of wine saying, you know the guy that makes Football Manager? I once came <laughs> on for him <laughs> in a Watford game. Honestly, I can see it. It, it was perfect when
1: Franco joined uh, joined Watford. And that was the first season that we were sponsoring them front of shirt as well. Just because in all the other photos where I'm there with a manager or a footballer, they're about a foot taller than me because <laughs> I'm quite short. <laughs> sure. Whereas me and Franco in those photos, we were just about the same height. It was absolutely beautiful.
3: Like Whilst my, if if that was long ago and it's been videoed, maybe the quality is just that little bit poor enough that you can make out it was you that did that kind of chip over the player and just played a fifty-yard ball. People might know.
1: I'm far too honest for my own good, and um, that's <laughs> that's why I get into trouble on Twitter a lot. So yeah. um, that that honesty gets me into trouble. So I would I would never do that. But you know, it's it's good to know that if the team are going to lose a, a player as important as me. Being replaced by Gianfranco Zola, you know, at, at least it gave him a fighting chance to then, to then win the game. Or the alternative way to look at it is, we kind of cheated because my my head knows exactly what I should be doing with the football, my feet do something completely different. <laughs> um, that's that's my total football
2: skill. I love the fact the only thing I've taken from that is you've gone. Are you sure you can play left back? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I just think that, you know, I love that I just, you know, that's quite brave to, to ask an ex-professional footballer. Are you sure you can do that? Well, it, it, was, it wasn't in that way. It was in a, you really <laughs> want to play left back. You
1: really want to play in the position that the last person who gets picked has to go and play in.
0: Are you actually left-footed, Miles?
1: I am, yeah. Oh. Well, my, my, left, my left foot is slightly less bad than my right. <laughs>
0: There's so many questions Paul, here. I mean, Pauly ambidextrous.
3: If there, was, if there was no substitutes, does that mean there was no subs jerseys and he's had to put on your seven-minute worn number three?
1: <laughs> um, no, we, we were okay on that score. The, the only reason there weren't subs is because rather than having loads of subs, we just split the teams in two and had two games that were shorter. So, guess so. Um, no, the, the good thing about playing football in Vicarage Road is there's normally quite a few Watford shirts around if you need one in a hurry. It's, 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 not, it's not like we were in the park on a Sunday.
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess deep fakes do exist at this point. So maybe, I mean, we can always edit this podcast at a later date if someone does fancy trying to dig that footage out and then superimposing um, a certain Mr. Jacobson over a certain Mr. Gianfranco Zola instead for this please don't
1: put any ideas into anyone's heads of doing deep fakes with me it's just i get enough hassle as it is dealing dealing with things i've actually said i don't i don't need to be dealing with any things that i haven't said as well please
0: oh dear i think there's going to be an awful lot of watford press conferences get redone now oh Sorry, you said to, to not. Oh dear. Anyway, Mars, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to join us uh, this evening, particularly as it's our 250th episode after nearly five years of consecutive weekly Football Manager podcasts. Is there anything that you would like to tell our listeners who, as you know, are quite passionate and dedicated when it comes to Football Manager?
1: Um, just thank you for your continued support and also your continued understanding. You know, we've we've tried to be really... We tried to be really open in the last few years about um, what's been going on, particularly regarding the pandemic, how difficult it was making games during that period. Um, and the support was heard very, very loud and clear um, to, to all of us. So thank you for that. Um, keep the criticism coming, but keep it constructive because we do love the constructive criticism. Um, and I hope we can continue entertaining you with our work for many 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 years to come we've got um given some of the features that i've had to cut today i know we've got some great features in the new, in the new game we'll have some great features in the ones afterwards as well um but look the, fu- the future is very very bright for us which uh, um we're in the stage now fully swinging along with uh, what we call si 3.0 Um, which is the new way of doing things and the way to do things for the future and it's awesome so we hope that you stay on that journey with us for many years nay decades to come
0: Lovely, lovely, lovely. Thank you very much. Right, that does bring episode 250 to a close. You can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting 5starpotential.com where you can find all our latest Football Manager content. 5 Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify and most other popular podcast apps and platforms for the new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There will be more from us next week. Say goodbye, folks.
2: Goodbye, folks. Bye, folks. Cheers, Miles. number was that
0: about?